This morning we're going to be in Daniel chapter 3, and to be honest, I'm so excited about this this morning. Um, I was excited about last week, and, um, I thought about last week all week, and then this has kind of been the, the thought in, in my brain all week, and then to sit down and hash this out and, and, and just kind of weigh some of these things for, for a couple of days has been an amazing experience. Um, I know anybody, anytime anybody says, hey, we're going to be in the book of Daniel first, it takes us a minute to find it, so it's, <laughs> that's good. I'm going to grab this. Need a new box of Kleenex, somebody? Sorry about that. Um, don't you love East Tennessee? It's amazing. We're getting there. Thank you. <laughs> That'll be good. That'll give me the next 40 or 50 times. Um, Man, just to set under the weight of what we talked about last week, huh? I know that for so many of us, we're in these moments of hurt. Huh? For so many of us, we're in these moments of everything seems chunky, like it's falling apart. And um, I just want to say, um, man, it may look like that right now, but there is power. That's right. Amen. Amen. You, you don't believe me, apparently. Um, <laughs> there is power. This morning. You may feel like life is steamrolling you right now, but I know some of you do, but the reality of it is there's one name, there's one person, and that person, Jesus, has all the power. He has all the authority, and he can do whatever he wants to this morning. The, the man that holds holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave, that guy, um, he can take care of you and your situation. And I just want to say that this morning for some of you, because some of you feel hopeless, and I get that. Some of you feel like, uh, hurt is just going to consume you forever, and it's about over for you. And I just want to say, that's not true. That's a lie straight from the devil. Um, Jesus is stronger than him. The devil yeah, speaks louder, right. but Jesus is stronger. That's how it works. He's, yeah. he's a lion who likes to roar. He's got a big mouth. Uh, but Jesus has all the power, because one day he's going to put his paw, his foot, right on the neck of Satan. And it's going to be over forever, and we have the end of the book. And if that's the God we're talking about this morning, if that's the God we serve this morning, everything's going to be okay. And I just yeah, want you to know that right. there is power. In yeah. the name of Jesus. So this morning we're going to be in Daniel chapter 3. And I know, like Old Testament, some of you guys love it, some of you guys don't love it, um, some of you guys didn't know it existed, and that's great too. Um, but this morning we're going to be in the book of Daniel. And uh, I love some parts of this book, some parts of this book, I'll be completely honest. I read them and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, that's great. Uh, end of the world, something in there. Uh, but I don't get like goats that many horns things. I don't know any of that stuff. Um, but this morning, we're going to talk about a story that some of us probably grew up with. Some of us know really, really well. Some of us are going to tune me out in about 42 seconds because you're going to know, oh, yeah, that's the guys in the furnace and the thing. And I've heard it. And I've got the precious moments Bible. And I'm just praying grace this morning that we can stick with this for a minute because I just want you to know what God is going to say this morning. He's going to shift something in some of your lives. Amen. Amen. God is going to speak something this morning that is going to so change and so shake the foundation that some of you guys are living in that you're not going to know what to do with it. And I just want to say this morning, you need to hang on for that, even in the children's story this morning. It's going to be okay. This morning, for those of us who don't know, chapter 3 kicks off with a man named Nebuchadnezzar. That's a hard word to say. It's a mouthful there. Um, but Nebuchadnezzar is a Chaldean king of the Neo-Babylonian Empire, history class this morning. And he ruled between some date in um, 600 B.C. to some date in 500 B.C. And I meant to memorize that, but it didn't work out for me. Um, so anyway, um, 
He's known for a couple of amazing things. One of those is he constructed one of the seven wonders of the world, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. You can go home and Google that if you don't know what that is. <laughs> but he's also responsible for the destruction of another seventh wonder of the world, which is the temple at Jerusalem. See, Nebuchadnezzar had came into Jerusalem and took over this land of Israel where the Jews, the people of God, lived and carried some of these guys off into captivity. And um, this is the situation that's set up in this moment when he carried some of these guys off. He made Daniel and a couple of his friends um, kind of his um, advisors. He, he gave them some power in the Babylonian Empire. You want to know about that? Read the first couple of chapters. Um, I'm not going to go that far into history for us today. <laughs> Um, but in, in the story, Nebuchadnezzar builds a 90-foot tall statue. I can't visualize that. Um, the ceiling, I think, is about 10 foot. So you do about nine of these rooms tall, and that's about how tall this statue would have been. It's about nine feet wide. Um, and the statue is built in Babylon, and Nebuchadnezzar commands when, when all kinds of music is played, and he lists some instruments that we're not going to get into this morning, um, he wants all the people of all the nations, of all the languages, to bow down and to worship this idol. It's pretty amazing. He created his own golden statue of a god. That's a powerful god. Um, you know, when you, when you can make your own god, it's got, it's got its power, right? And it's got to be able to do all kinds of things. When you can throw some gold, a substance that can't do anything except buy stuff into a furnace, and create a 90-foot tall statue of it, automatically it's got power, right? Yeah. That's how we do idols, by the way. We create them and they can't do anything, but we still worship them and live after them. Some of you guys, maybe your job is an idol. You've never thought about that, but it could be true. That's the main focus of your life. That's an idol for you. Some of you guys, a relationship is an idol. If that's the main focus of your life, that's what it is. It can't do anything for you. It's not a real God. It's a God you made, but you know, worship it if that works out for you, I guess. And this is what this man did. He made this giant statue because of its stature, I guess, how important he thought it was. He commanded all the people, hey, when, this, when all these instruments happen, I want you to fall down on your face, and every time you hear it, I want you to worship this statue. And, and some people did that. But we see in this story that um, there were a group of people that didn't. There were three specific people who didn't that were part of a greater group of people that didn't. And it says in verse 8 that some Chaldeans, this is... It used to be a group of people, now it's just really some astronomers, some soothsayers, some people the king has appointed into some kind of duty. took this occasion to come forward and maliciously accuse the Jews as a people. But he specifically, or they specifically, went to accuse three Jews, and that's the Jews we know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Story? Yeah. yeah. Um, so they come before King Nebuchadnezzar and they say, um, may the king live forever. I guess that's a pretty good thing to say if you're coming up to the king. But, um, they say in 10, you as king have issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music must fall down and worship the gold statue. That's what you said, right? Uh, but in 11 it says, whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. He said, worship or be burned, basically. And then at 12 it says, uh, there are some Jews you have appointed to manage the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men have ignored you, the king. They do not serve your gods, 
or worship the gold statue you have set up. This is a conversation that takes place. They come in, these Chaldeans, these sorcerers, who are obviously jealous of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who are outsiders, who shouldn't have this power, but now have this power because God put them in a position of power. And, and, and they're doing some things in the kingdom, and these Chaldeans don't like it. So when they see this occasion uh, to, to run them down or to do something to them, they come into the king and they say, hey, these are your words. You built this statue, you said everybody's got to worship it, but I just want to let you know, those guys you appointed, <laughs> those guys that you really like, those guys you gave power to, man, they're not doing it. They won't worship your statue. Actually, they don't even worship the same gods as you, and you said people were going to be burnt that didn't worship the statue, and they're not worshiping the statue, so what are you going to do about it, basically? This is the conversation. So obviously King Nebuchadnezzar is pretty ticked off about that. It actually says that in furious rage, furious rage, that's not a good thing. You don't want to be on the other side of that. Um, and Nebuchadnezzar gave orders to him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar asked them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? Is this a true story? Mad brings him in. This is what I heard. This is this true. And then look what he does. He says, If you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music, fall down and worship the statue I made. But if you don't worship it, you will immediately be thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. This is what Nebuchadnezzar says to these guys. He brings them in. He's already mad. You can tell this is not going to be a good meeting. It's like when you're pulled into your boss's office, you're automatically worried. And then you see their face, and then you're a little bit more worried because you know it's not going to go really well. Well, this is the king. He's got a little more power than your boss. And he pulls them in, and he says, hey, this is what I heard. This is what you're accused of. I built a statue. You won't worship it. I have gods. that are the Babylonian gods. You won't worship them. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a test. I, got, I brought the band this morning. <laughs> And the statue's right there. So we're, we're going to play the music, and I'm going to watch you right now worship the statue that I have set up. You're going to do it, because I'm here and I'm watching you. You thought you could get by with it, but you can't, because I'm right here. And we're going to do the music, we're going to have a test, and we're going to see if you pass. And if you don't pass, I just want you to know, immediately, I'm going to throw you in the fire, and it's over for you. Be good news, right? Your boss is not like, I'm going to fire you. He's like, I'm going to throw you in the fire. That's a whole different conversation. I don't know about you, but I would be a little bit tempted at this moment, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, the king is here. He can, do, he can do whatever he wants to do. I may have some power, but I don't have that power. He's got more power than me. i got some power. He's got more power. And, and he's saying right now to fall down and worship the statue. And I, I'd be pretty tempted in this moment. I don't know about you, but it, to death. It, doesn't, it doesn't get my top ten list of things to do in life. It's not on my bucket list. But this is the decision they're confronted with. I just want to let you know in this moment, this would be a rough decision, I think. Some of you guys are like, no, 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 no. It'd be, it'd be easy. Like, I know I would, I would not work for that statue. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. We know if somebody coming here with a gun, we would know that. Because it's the same thing. Worship the statue, immediate death. That's the, that's the choice. <coughs> I would be tempted to say that in, in this moment, if, if we were in this moment, 
some of us immediately would blame God when God I tried doing all the right stuff, like I was not worshiping other gods, you told me not to, like I was not gonna worship the statue, you told me not to, I was doing all the right stuff, like you elevated me into this position, and I'm in this position, and now you're gonna let me die. That's ridiculous, God. If you're gonna abandon me, I'm gonna abandon you. If you're rolling out on me, I'm rolling out on you. If you're done with me, I'm done with you because you should have protected me from this. I was trying to follow you, and then you let bad stuff happen. I was trying to follow you, and you just you just took your eyes off me, and here I am, standing in front of the king of Babylon, and you've got me in this situation, so I'm gone. Right? Some of you guys are still out, not me, not me. Okay, that's great. Well, when something bad happens in your life, what's the immediate thing you do? Oh, God, I'm so mad at you right now. That didn't work out. I'm so done with you right now. You should have protected me from Right? Oh, but not if there was a furnace. <laughs> oh, I'll just do it when I get, like, you know, this thing happens and, and then the job thing didn't work out or, you know, like, I just, you know, you put whatever you want to on there. But that's the first thing we do, isn't it? That, that thing doesn't work out. That thing that we think we had or we should have got or we were entitled to or, you know, something comes in. Some of these things are big situations. I get that. But, like, something happens and then the first thing we do is, like, God, I'm so mad. You took your eyes off me, so, you know what? I'm done. I'll be back in church when you start taking care of me again. God, I'm done. I'm not praying. I'm not reading. I'm not looking. I'm not seeking. I'm not asking. I'm not talking. I'm done. I wouldn't do it if there was a fire. Yeah. So I, I, would, I would bet there was a dilemma in this moment, and they have to make a choice in this moment. Man, am I done? Am I going to bow down before? The, I was living a good life. I never ate anything I wasn't supposed to eat. I never said anything I wasn't supposed to eat. I never did anything I wasn't. I was seeking righteousness. I was keeping the law. I was being a good boy. And here you are. So I'm leaving. They can make that choice. It seems like the only choice. Or they can make another choice. And just like we said last week on these moments, that there's somebody trying to convince you there's always only one choice. There's always more than one choice. They had a choice. The choice was to leave. Okay, God, I'm done with you. Or to believe, okay, God, you brought me here, yeah. and you can bring me through. Yeah. Amen? That's right. See, the truth is, there's always a choice. There's always a choice. Bad things happen. It's part of it. Go find people that are lost and ask them, does anything bad ever happen? I guarantee you, they're going to fill up a bucket for you. Bad things happen. They happen to good people. There's none. They happen to bad people. The world's full of them. You are included. I am included. Bad things happen. And in the moments when the bad things happen, and it looks like there's no hope, and it looks like everything's over, and it looks like death is coming, and it looks like everything I had planned is destroyed, in that moment, I have the choice to believe, God, that you can get me through it. That, God, you have something better. That, God, you are the one that has the power. The king, he has a big mouth. The king can say a lot of things, but at the end of the day, the king is here, and I'm here. God is way up here. So the king steps into the situation. He looks at these guys, and he's like, hey, I'm going to burn you to death, just so you know. It's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be fun. I'm going to throw you in a fire, and you're going to sit there until it's all over, or you're going to worship the statue. And then he even kind of doubles down. I just want you to see what he says, because this is something that totally gets said a lot. He says, and who is the God who can rescue you from my power? You ever heard that? Maybe not from the king, but from the devil. Hey, this thing's going on in your life. 
and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing God can do about it. He's forgotten you. He doesn't see you. He doesn't hear you. He doesn't listen to you. He doesn't care about you. You're small potatoes in the kingdom of God, and it's over for you. And I just want you to know that God is not going to rest you. You ever heard that? Yeah. I have too. This is actually the voice of the devil through the king right here. I'm just going to let you know. And I know it because I hear it. It's done. Nothing you can do. You're going to fail. It's over. So the king asks this question, who is the God who can protect you from the fire? You, I, I bet it's not yours. What the king is saying is, I can do it, but you can't do it. God is not going to do it. That's what he's saying. And this is what they say back, and I love this. It says in 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king. This is what they say back. O king Nebuchadnezzar, please by the music so we can fall down and worship the statue. Um, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. They say, I'm not even going to dignify that stupid question with a response. <laughs> For real? That's what, that's what you say. Because here's what they're saying in this moment. I just want you to know. Do you know that I'm a Hebrew? That I was brought here as a slave? I ended up in this moment, actually, because you came in and you took me into captivity, into Babylon, and I was nowhere on the scale in Babylon. I just want you to know, King, I was nowhere. I was at the bottom of the barrel. I was a slave, and I had to do whatever I was told, and I had to be wherever I was told to be. And then my God elevated me where I am actually not a slave in Babylon anymore, but I have slaves in Babylon. I'm, I'm a commander, I'm a leader of land, the territory in Babylon. My God elevated me to that point. I just want you to know, you think you elevated me to that point, but God elevated me to that point. So I'm not even going to worry about answering your stupid question. Because the same God that had power to bring a slave out of captivity into power, that God can also protect me from the fire. That's right. Amen? Amen. You just go apply that. I would talking about check now. Some of you. Same God that had the power to take you out of captivity to sin and death and hell and elevate you into the highest place in heaven. That's how Paul talks about it when he's talking to him. That same God can get you through to that preach. Amen. And they answer back to the devil or to the king here and they say, man, what a dumb question. I'm not even going to answer that. And then he's saying 17, if the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. Some of you guys are like, they said if. You ever heard that argument uh, where people are like, I don't believe in God, and somebody will say back to them, well, if you're right, I've wasted a couple years, but if I'm right, you've wasted eternity. You ever heard that argument? This is that kind of if right here. But we hear your argument. And, and your argument is, my God, can't get me through the fire, but I just want you to know, if, if you're right, I'm, I'm going to burn. It's going to be a bad day for me. Um, but man, if I'm right, if the God I serve exists, He can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. And He can rescue us from the power of you. Can you imagine in this moment where you're standing before a king who, man, in the eyes of everybody on the planet, is, is a very powerful king. 
If he tells the guard to throw you in the fire, you're going in the fire. Because the guard, even if they're your best friend, is not going to go against the king. And the king looks at you and they're like, you worship the statue or you're going to die. And you look back and this is what you say. Man, I just want you to know if the God I serve exists, your fire is nothing. Your fire is not a big deal. Your fire is not an issue. My God defeated the fires of hell, so the fires of the furnace are not going to be a big deal. And I just want you to know, if He exists, man, He's going to bring us through the fire because He's stronger than the fire. And guess what, King? He's stronger than you. Man, that's boldness right there. That's a different kind of bold right there. That's a faith kind of bold right there. See, the truth is, there is power in faith. That's right. And you guys are like, oh, I believe. What's great? Do you have faith? See, faith is different than belief. Belief is you have this head knowledge where you're like, oh, yeah, I, I agree that God probably did create everything, and I agree that God probably did send the Son, and I agree that God probably did down the cross, He probably did save me from my sins, and I'm probably going to go to heaven one day if I believe in that. I believe. Faith is, man, fire is coming. And I'm going to tell you in the face of fire, King, fire got nothing. Amen. See the difference? Belief motivates you to nothing. Faith motivates you to move. Belief is a head knowledge. You don't have to tell anybody. Nobody has to know. It can be a decision in you. That's belief, and belief's not worth a whole lot. Actually, in the Bible, it says even demons believe that Jesus is the Son of God and they shake. I mean, belief doesn't lead into repentance, does it? Belief doesn't lead into salvation, does it? Belief doesn't lead into heaven, does it? And I just want you to know, if your belief is an intellectual recognition that God probably did do some stuff, I wouldn't trust very much in that. There's power and faith. Belief is in So in this moment where the king says, I'm going to kill you, they look back and they say, hey, I just want you to know, I believe that God got me here. But I have faith that he can get through fire. <laughs> I have faith that he's bigger than me. So I'm going to stand here eye to eye with you and let you know my God is bigger. So they say <coughs> in 18, but even if he does not rescue us, we want you as him to know. We will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Now that's amazing right there, right? Yeah. I love these moments. See, in these moments, we can see what it really is, can They answer back with, but King, even if we burn to death, I want you to know, you know when the fire gets us, when it's hot and Everything about us is ending when, when death is coming and life is over. I just want you to know I'm not going to regret one moment of not bowing down to that statue. I'm not going to regret it. When, when, when everything is really, really, really tough, I'm not going to regret one moment of not serving your gods for my God. How many of us can say that? See, in this moment, we see that they're not following God for the benefits. They're not following God for the retirement plan. They're not following God because His job is to protect us and shelter us and feed us and keep us and put a hedge around us. They're not following God for that reason. They're following God because they want Him. That's right. 
that they want him, not the stuff, not the benefits. See, that's what I hate about how we evangelize most of the time. We're like, hey, don't want to go to hell. Put your trust in Jesus. That's false, actually. If you want Jesus, put your trust in Jesus. If you want a relationship with God, the breather of the stars, if you want that guy to love you and, and, to, and, and to be loved by you, if you want a relationship with that guy, then, then come up here and step into a relationship with God. If you want to know the guy who made you and formed you in your mother's womb, then come up here and put your faith in God and your trust in God. Who cares about the fire? It's so different. You see, the, the reality of it, why they're not afraid of the fire is they know. Why they didn't run, why they didn't leave is they know. God never followed you because you promised me protection. God never followed you because he said all my meals will be safe. God, I never followed you because you said I'd be wealthy and I'd have the best stuff. I never followed you for anything other than you. You're the one I wanted. So at the end, if I'm burning in this fire and I still have you, I'm okay. Man, if I am destroyed in this moment, you're the one I started with and you're the one I want to end with. And then some of us got to get there. Some of us started with, man, I don't want to go to hell. And then we're like, man, I really want that car. And man, I really want that promotion. And man, I really want to retire and to move to the Bahamas. And it's going to be amazing. And that's okay. But man, that's not on Jesus. He never promised that. Read this book. Some of you are like, heard, say it, name it, proclaim it, all that bull crap. That's nothing. The truth of it is, man, there is a God who loves you. And he said, I will come down and I will be with you if you want me. That was the offer. That was the invitation. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, you know what? I I think I'll take you up on that. Man, if the God who created everything wants me, I'm coming into that. If the God who breathed everything, he wants me, I'm stepping into that. If the God who knows the complexity of the human system and how to stitch all that together and make that work, if the God who breathed out ecosystems, because that sounded like you would have never thought of that, if that God wants you, you don't reject that because, you know what, it's a bad day. So they look at the king and they're like, you know what, king, if I burn to death today, I will never, ever worship the statue because my God is better than your statue. I will never, ever worship your sticks and rocks, your God, because you know what, they're false and they can't do anything. And maybe you think you got here because of them, but you didn't get here because of them. God created you in your mother's womb and he wants to know me. And you know what, I don't care what happens as long as that's what I get. So they say, you know what? Even if he doesn't, I'll never worship that. In 19, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. He was already mad. Now he's like really, really mad. And it says, He gave orders to heat the furnace seven times more than was customary. I had to think about that for a minute because I don't know much about the Babylonians. I didn't know if that was maybe their version of the electric chair, like you just, you know, death row was in the fire. Sounds like a great idea. That's actually not what they did. More than likely, this was a furnace that was used for some other process. It just happened to be the instrument of the day. And 
something the Babylonians were really good at was making iron. That was one. And the other thing was making bricks. And they didn't just make bricks, but they made like colorful bricks, like ceramic, like you ever seen glazed pottery? I mean, beautiful bricks. And that oven had to be heated to make those bricks to about um, 1,300 degrees Celsius. Now, I don't know much about Celsius, so I Googled it, and that's 2,800 degrees or thereabouts. <laughs> and then he said, let's, let's just go crazy today. Let's heat it seven times hotter than that. I'm not good at math, so if you do that, it's somewhere around 16,000 some numbers. I don't know about you, but that's not a novel. This was a scare tactic. He said, oh, you won't worship my gods, will you? You won't bow down to my statue, will you? Well, I'm going to throw you in that brick furnace, and I'm going to heat it up to 16,000 some odd degrees, and then let's see if you won't. I'm turning up the heat on you. You, you, think you're, you, you think you won't turn away from God? You think you won't, you, you won't run away from God? You just wait till you see the fire. I'm going to put you in. Cranks up, enter. I don't know how to do that. That one. <laughs> Somehow they did. And it says he commanded some of the soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. So these men, in their trousers, robes, head coverings, and other clothes, that's a lot of clothes were tied up and thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. It says in 22, since the king's command was so urgent and the furnace extremely hot, the raging flames killed those men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the furnace of blazing fire. And that's warm. The, the soldiers didn't even make it to the furnace. I don't know how close they got. I don't know if like maybe they were dying and just kind of chucked them that direct. I don't know how that worked, but there was at least some distance from where the soldiers got to where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ended up in the furnace because the soldiers died before they got there. And some of you guys are like, man, this is... What's up with this? God was supposed to swoop in right here, right? And they had they had faith. And God was supposed to come in right before, right before they got to the furnace. God was supposed to come in and, and pull them out. I'm, I'm sure they prayed, God. I don't want to go in this furnace. It's natural, right? I'm sure they weren't like, you know what, God, it'd be great. I'm, I'm just I'm going to go there myself. You know, where, don't worry about it, soldiers. I'm on my way. Like, I, don't know if was, I don't think that's, we read this so often. I don't think that's what's going down here. You know, I think at some point in time, even maybe going up to meet the king, this ain't God, I'd rather not go in the fire. God, I'd rather you save me from the fire. I'd, I'd rather not be there. That'd be great if you could not send me into the fire. I would be good with that. I don't know want to go in the fire. I don't even know if they followed that with the not my will but yours be done. I don't know if they were that close to the end kind of on the other side of the But for some for some reason God just didn't step in. You can imagine 
when they come before the king and they're they're so bold, they're thinking, God, any time now, I showed you I have faith that the music played. And I didn't I didn't bow down to the statue. I, I showed you to save me, save me now. I'm being good. I didn't leave. And then they climb up. And they're probably thinking, man, these things are gonna burst off here in a minute. I can say it's gonna happen, these bonds are gonna fly off me. I'm going to be magically teleported back to Jerusalem. The temple's going to be there. It's going to be great. And then peace and harmony. And they didn't. Soldiers pick them up and carry them towards the fire. And they're like, okay, God, you know we're serious now. I'm not bailing out. I could bail out right now, but I'm not bailing out. So you need to come and you save me. You pull me out of here. And he doesn't. And then the soldiers die. Freedom, right? But didn't fall. And the whole time they're probably not any time now. Just come up in here and just pull me out. That's as they fell into the fire. In 23, or 24, sorry. It's just then Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in the line. It'd be, it'd be awesome if we just ended it right there at 23, wouldn't it? And then what hope is in the fire? Right? Depressing. Yeah. Thank God he doesn't end stories when you get to the fire. This is in 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm and he said to his advisors, this guy standing around, didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? And this is where he did it. He pulled them out. He just elevated them out of there. They're somewhere else. He beamed them away. It's going to be awesome. This is the moment. But you've read the story and you just kind of memorize it and you go on with it and you know that doesn't happen. But man, this is, wouldn't that be great? And there's nobody in there. <laughs> and he says, man, didn't we throw three people into the fire? And they answer back, well, duh. <laughs> yeah. He told us to. You're the king. I'm not going in there. <laughs> yes, of course, your majesty. Sweeten it up there. They replied to the king. And 25 says, he exclaimed, well, look. I see four men, not tired, walking around in the fire on the arm. And the fourth looks like something. I'm going to read that again because you didn't really see that. The Bible downplays some things. You don't, you don't get all the all the stuff that maybe he's, he's saying right here. So I'm just going to let that soak in for a minute. He says, look, I see four men, not Todd, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth guy, he looks like the son of the gods. Amen. Isn't that crazy? Yes. This is what the king says. Nobody else is saying this. This is the king's words. Like in quotations here. He says, well, this, 
I don't, I, don't, I don't know what's happening about the fire right now, but look in the fire. There, there's four people in the fire. We, I know Chadrach's in there. Like, that's him. Spirit's there. And then there's Meshach. He doesn't have hair. And there's Abednego. He's just kind of weird looking. They're all in there, and I get that. But that fourth guy, he, he's in there too. And I don't know who he is, but he looks like the son of the gods. There's a fire burning, and he's looking at a guy whose fire burns more than the fire. And he's like, that guy, there's something different about that guy. There's something big about that guy. I don't know what it is. There's Shadrach. There's Meshach. There's Abednego. But there's another guy in there, and there's something amazing about that guy. There's something different about that guy. There's something bigger or brighter about that guy. I'm looking into the fire, and I see him. Amen. He, he looks in this moment, and he says, I don't know what's going on. But there's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and there's a fourth guy, and he looks like the son of the gods. He's radiating something big in there. And they're all just walking around, chilling in the fire. <laughs> We bound them up and we threw them in there and they're not bound up anymore. And they're not burning because they're just walking around. <laughs> and I don't even begin to know what's going on right now. See, this is what you call a miracle right here. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, let's turn it up to 16,000 back there and see how long we go. <laughs> Some of you guys will be out at 95. <laughs> You're swapped. It's colder out there than it is in here. You'd be done. And here it's 16,000 degrees in this furnace, and there's four guys now in there, and there's something so different about the one guy. He proclaims him as the son of the God. Just want to let you know, Jesus showed up in our story today back in Daniel. That's a pretty cool thing for me. Um, Jesus showed up, and in that moment that Jesus shows up, all the, 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 the things that bound them dropped. And all that fear about going in the fire, it's gone, and they're just chilling. Walking around with the sun of them. Some of you guys are praying, God, get me out of this fire, right? Some of you guys are in, in, in the fire right now, and you're like, God, get me out of this fire, and I just want to let you know the fire is the moment of revival. If you just stopped on the way to the fire, you'd be like, thanks God, and that'd been the end of the day. If you just stopped at the conversation with the king, it'd have been over, and you'd be like, thank you God. And then you'd been done. But God, for some reason, allows these guys to get all the way into the fire, and he changes belief in the side in the fire. Before this moment, they believed there was a God. They believed there was somebody who breathed out the stars. They believed there, there, there was somebody who could save them from the fire. And then they get in the fire, and then God shows up. And no longer do they have to believe and have faith, they can see. Amen? Like maybe, maybe you don't get how amazing that is. But the truth of it is, man, some of you are in situations right now where if you would just look around, if you quit freaking out about the fire, and you would just look around, you would see God. Amen. You wouldn't just believe him or hear about him. You would see him. Like your eyes would be open. I've heard people say, man, I went through this and this thing opened my eyes and my relationship with God is on a totally different level. I just want to let you know, there's a couple things that are found in the fire. The first thing that's found in the fire is freedom. Amen. Freedom is found in the fire. Before the fire, we're bound up. Before the fire, we're, we're fighting. Before the fire, we're struggling. We're trying to get there. We get in the fire and we're already in the fire. What do you got to lose? You don't have to worry about it. You're already in the fire. Anyway, there's, there's kind of freedom in that. 
Some of you guys are scared to do things. Well, if you knew today was it anyway, you wouldn't be scared to do those things, right? Right. I might as well. <coughs> I got 14 hours. I've always wanted to. Right? The freedom of fight. I can't do this because then this thing may happen. And I can't do this because my job may go there. I can't do this. I may lose this friendship or I may do this. This relationship may be over. Well, let's just destroy all that stuff and see what you can do. Because there's freedom in the fire. There's even actually peace in the fire. Man, it's crazy. How do you know? Because they're just walking around in it. They're not running around screaming, oh, there's fire. <laughs> <laughs> Four guys walking around the fire. Let's go see what this one looks like. <laughs> what are they burning over here? <laughs> Jesus is Actually, Jesus didn't only walk with them in the fire. The guards died on the outside of the fire, and they somehow got in. Jesus didn't just walk with them, walk with them in the fire. He walked them into his hot. They would have died outside. But Jesus walked with them in. He walked with them near. And then see... He walks them out. This is in 26. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God. Just a minute ago, he threw them in because they would worship his God. Isn't that crazy? No, he won't bow down to my statue. He won't worship my God, so I'm throwing you in the fire. And they get in the fire. And not only do they see their God, Nebuchadnezzar sees their God. And a few minutes ago, he was asking the question, what kind of God can save you from the fire? And when God shows up, and he just told me. And not only does Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get to experience their God, but so does Nebuchadnezzar on the outside watching this thing, a mocker of their God a few minutes ago. Somebody who didn't believe in their God a few minutes ago. A few moments ago, he's running down their God. And now he's calling out and saying, you servants of the Most High God, whose gods was I worshiping? <laughs> I don't even have any other gods. Guys? Says these servants, the Most High God, come out, and then Jesus doesn't bring him out of the fire. Nebuchadnezzar, the guy who threw him in the fire, calls him out. My bad. My bad. You come out here. I saw him. You come out here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and it says, "When the people," there's a long list. I'm not going to say it all. Mispronouncing. And the king's advisors gathered around. They saw that the fire had no effect on their bodies. The fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Listen to this. Not a hair on their heads was singed. Their robes were unaffected. And there was no smell of fire on them. They come out of the fire and you couldn't even tell they'd been in. They probably smelled better on the outside of the fire than they did going in. <laughs> these people gather around. They just came out of a furnace, 16,000 degree furnace. And they come out and they inspect them top to bottom. They're like, what in the world? <laughs> You didn't smell like smoke, man. That was weird. I don't know. I don't know what happened in the fire. I don't know what happened in the fire. 
I have no idea what happened in the fire, but man, there's obviously something that happened in the fire that cannot be explained. <coughs> See, that's the reality of what God does with us in the fire. And some of you guys are in something crazy right now, and I get that. And I'm not trying to make light of that. I'm not trying to act like it's not a big deal, because I know it's a big deal. I've been in a big deal before. I'm in a big deal sometimes now. It's just what it is. Like, life is full of big deals. And some of you guys, it's way bigger than anything I can imagine. And I get that. I'm not trying to make light of that. But what I'm saying is, man, this is, this is all the same. There's one furnace. And what this furnace tries to do is this furnace tries to, through intimidation and fear, try to tell us life is over, death is coming, there's nothing you can do about it, it's all over, so you might as well just do what you want to because Jesus isn't here yet and he's not going to do anything for you. So you need to run away from faith, you need to run away from belief. That's what the furnace says. The furnace says God doesn't notice you, God doesn't care about you, God doesn't hear you, you pray, look how close you are to the fire right now, you are in the fire. That's what the furnace will tell you. They know that because I hear it. <coughs> Don't you? You want to honestly tell me you've never heard that, but then you've never done anything, apparently. Satan's just trying not to mess with you, so you stay lost, apparently. If you've never heard it. The furnace is over. Furnace is running away. Furnace is give up. Furnace says God doesn't care. But the truth of it is, man, in the furnace, in, in those moments, when, when all it seems that you hear is the roar of the flames, if you will just look around, if you'll just look around in those moments, you'll just take your attention off, I'm going to burn, and put it on, hey, God, I believe you then. God, I, I believed you when I was a slave. I believed you when I was dead. When I was headed towards hell, I believed you in that. I believe you could save me then. I'm going to choose to believe you can save me now. And you just look around. Maybe you would figure out that you're not the only one in the furnace. Actually, there's a room full of people probably this morning in there with you. But in that same furnace, they're sleeping, walking around. And he looks like, not certain, but he looks like the Son of God. And in the furnace, he's walking around, and he's like, hey, you got this thing on your arms. Let me get that for you. Okay. Let me get him. You got the same on your feet. Let me, let me get that for you. I'm just going to pull that. You just go explore, man. It's going to be awesome. Um, and he's just walking around in the furnace untying people. He's walking around in those moments of life. He's untethering us from all those things that are holding us back and keeping us away. This fire wasn't for torture and, and for killing. This fire was for refining. This fire was for pushing us into something greater with God. This fire was that we just could move past. I have a faith in God and I believe in God to a moment where it's like, man, I see him. There's, there's nobody that can tell me there's not a God because I was in the fire and I'm still in the fire and he's right here. You don't see him? Do you see him? And I just want you to know like, how you respond to that in the fire is what the people outside of that are going to see. You know who cared about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before they went in the fire? The people that wanted to run them down. That's the only people who cared. 
I don't know if they made any believers out of them. That's not quite clear in here. But they're the only people that took notice. But the moment they went into the fire, all the eyes went to the fire. Some of you guys are in something right now. And there are people around you that you've been maybe talking to about God. Maybe you've not your whole life. But they know you believe in God. You have faith in God. And they're watching you right now. How are they going to respond to this? How are they going to deal with this? How are they going to do this? And what happens in the fire will not only allow you to see God, but those people that are around you to see Him too. Amen? God didn't just throw you in the fire so you could flop around until it was over. That's not what that happened for. In the fire, God tries to teach us things. And He tries to show us Himself. And if you'll let Him use it, if you'll let Him use it, if you'll let Him use it, not only will you see God more clearly, and you'll know, man, there's nothing to fear in fire. But those people around you, they will see it and they will they won't fear either. Those people around you, they'll see it and their faith will be set in motion by what you do in fire. This morning, that's what God is inviting from you guys into. Some of you guys, man, it's, you've been in the fire and you've been there and you've been there and you've been there and you've been kind of watching to see it from the end. And if you just look up and see, man, God is standing right there in the fire, it's not even really that hot right now. The devil will say, hey, I can heat it up, I can turn it up, I can make it worse. That's, maybe that's true. But he cannot take God out of the fire. Amen. That's right. Oh, uh, you'll worship me. I'm going to crank that temperature some more. Well, keep cranking it, brother, because God is here. And when I come out, Satan, I just want you to know, man, you can take the smell. That's right. You won't even sense the fire. <coughs> 